Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual is what we say. Welcome, Michael Rudnan. Welcome, Bridge MCP. Bridge order t-shirt. Hey, Bridge, thank you so kindly. You are a great supporter of Politics Done Right, a great supporter of moving the positive message, the positive progressive message that we want all to know is the real thing. Thank you so kindly for being here. We are going to have a great show for you today, uh, including one, uh, in, including a, a 15-minute piece, uh, piece that I did with uh, uh, the improv here in Houston about uh, about the book it's worth it. I think you guys are going to like that I thought it was kind of cute the way they they kind of made some fun fun of my story but it's going to be all great Bruce Pollard hey how you doing how you doing how you doing folks we're going to have a great show for you today what is the show about let's go ahead and get busy quite early well actually we don't need to get busy quite early because today is not one of those days that I think I'm really all pressed for time but here's the deal it's official, right? I mean, it seems like uh, the guy is Joe Biden is now president elect. The president is slowly uh, giving in. Not that he needed to. We didn't need that. If he didn't get out of the office, we would have just uh, gotten a, uh, a sterilized, well, in, a sterilized, well fumigated uh, hauler to get him out of there. But you know what is interesting? I sure hope that the president that uh, you ain't. Uh, that's funny. I sure hope. That when Biden gets into the White House the first day, well, actually, I hope he does not go into the White House the first day. That place needs some major fumigation because that place is infested with God knows what, coronavirus and God knows what else is in there. So before he gets in there, I hope he has a fumigating crew to do the job and get folks out of there. Julie Henderson, welcome aboard. Citizens need to access the funds paid by them each year, not just corporations who are tax shelters when making profits and file bankruptcy before losing money. You know, the, corp- the corporate structure is, a, is, is famous for that, right? In fact, that's what it was created for. Uh, you, you think of not, not initially. Initially, you created to, to do a job, and after you did that job, it went out of existence. Today, corporations have a life of infinity, and that life of infinity, without, uh, without any kind of responsibility, if, if for some reason they're found responsible, they go out of business and form something else. Because guess what? While you can lose your shirt in bankruptcy, a corporation can go ahead and fix its assets in such a manner that that doesn't happen. So you you get the point, Julie Henderson. Welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, Michael Rodnan, Bridge MCP. You ain't black, Julie Henderson. Uh, I got Bruce Pollard already. It's great, great coming. Okay, let's see. What is the show going to be about today? What is the show going to be about today? Let's go ahead and get that onto the screen. The show today is going to be... We need a huge stimulus to prevent disaster. Comic relief using it's worth it and more. 
Today we discuss the necessary stimulus package to prevent economic catastrophe. We also have some comic relief in video. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with uh, telling you, giving you the Ted Cruz regrets this COVID-19 prediction. Not only was he wrong, but he appears to be willfully inept. But then again, he is true to form. So check out Ted Cruz and then we'll take it on the other side. Ted Cruz the great debater, the guy that is supposed to be super eloquent, he's intelligent. But you know what? Uh, it's just a facade. He's a great actor, just like many others who've been great actors, but have very little upstairs. Uh, remember this prediction? Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. If it ends up that Biden wins in November, I guarantee you the week after the election, suddenly all those Democratic governors, all those Democratic mayors will say, everything's magically better. Go back to work, go back to school. Suddenly the problems are solved. You won't even have to wait for Biden to be sworn in. All they'll need is election day. And suddenly their willingness to just destroy people's lives and livelihoods, they will have accomplished their task. That's wrong. It's cynical. And we shouldn't be a part of it. What is cynical is what he just said. The question is, do you believe... Look, I understand that these guys have... They're the people who follow them, they're sycophants, those who think that Ted Cruz is any good, those who think that Donald Trump really cares about them. I can understand those people listening to their master, listening to Ted Cruz, listening to Donald Trump saying, hey, the, the, the virus is not real or the virus is a hoax or the virus is not all that bad, even though we have recordings with him saying, uh, this stuff is worse than the flu. This stuff is dangerous. But, you know, he passed it off on his people and they believed him. But you wonder when it is Ted Cruz and these other guys starting to believe the crap that they talk. And that is exactly what Ted was doing there. He actually started to believe the crap that he spoke. That somehow, magically, after the election, that COVID is not going to be the story anymore. If he really believes that, you have to ask the question, either one of two things. He also does believe in herd, human, uh, herd immunity and believe that somehow most people believe in herd immunity. And as such, oh, we're going to forget about all those people dying in the hospitals. Or just maybe, which is likely the correct assessment, just maybe. This guy isn't all that smart after all. After all, Donald Trump destroyed him in the primaries by attacking his wife. Does a man not defend his wife or vice versa when attacked the way he did? And shouldn't he really hold the president accountable for that? Of course not. Again, what we're looking at is deeper than just sycophancy. It's deeper than just abiding by Donald Trump, this is a disease. It's a disease that is capable of bringing out 70-something million people for pure and utter evil. Think about the amount of work we have to do to bring all these folks or a lot of these folks back into the fold, to put some humanity back in a population that has completely lost it. Yeah, so, so what do you believe? Do you believe that brother, uh, brother Ted Cruz 
could really, really, really believe that somehow after the election, we're going to forget people are dying. We're going to forget people are losing their loved ones. We're going to forget that people are having a hard time, that we're going to forget these things. You know, I talk a whole lot about projection, right? Projection, projection, projection. What people generally do many times is the bad that they, they, they throw on to others tend to be the bad them, that they have within themselves. And the good they put on to others, it's the good that they have themselves. I listen to all of, my, all of my listeners here, right? And I hear so many of you try to talk about, let's be better, let's do better, let's try. That's a good coming out of you. Even when you say things like, they'll never listen. That is a good coming out of you, Right? But then you have those here that talk about, oh, who cares? Get a job. Do that. And you know, that is, that, is, that is the inner evil coming out, right? That is like telling you, uh, you're not worthy. You're not worthy. You're not worthy. You know, um, I was talking to my daughter while I was out there in, in D.C., you know, and I looked at her and I, I went to get some tires and they gave me a good deal to get four tires for her car. This girl was driving on some cars with some horrendous tires. I almost passed out when I saw her tires. I'm like, girl, I am not ready to lose you. Why were you driving on these? Oh, dad, I thought they could go some more. Oh, dad, I thought you knew that, that eventually I'm going to need some tires. No, girl, you have tires that look like that. Are you crazy? So I, I am about to get on a flight the, uh, eight hours later. I'm looking for a place. Luckily in DC, there's a place that was open up until midnight. I get there at around, I guess it was around, what, 10 o'clock or so? And said, hey guys, you have four tires. They changed the tires. And they were so nice. I'm like, this is my daughter's car. It's an older car. And, you know, we need to really economize on money because, you know, money is tight right now. All of that, I'm talking to the guy. The guy said, okay, I'll give you a deal. He gave me a great deal, you know. And uh, so we got the four tires on the car. And I came home. And my daughter said, wow, dad, that is great. How did you do that? I'm like, let me tell you something beautiful. Most people are good, good people. Most people don't want to do harm. Most people are not capitalist. Most people really want to do good. They want to make profit for themselves to live, but they don't want to hustle it from you. They don't want to take you for what you're worth. You know, that is one of the reasons I gave you some of the stories about me selling my product to Boeing and, and charging a lot less than other folks would have charged because it was about eventually the person that's paying that bill is the person that doesn't have price and power. That person to the bottom of the totem pole. Everything always goes to the person that has the least power, the least price and power. So those of us who have the, the wherewithal to do certain things, we are, when, you are, when you find yourself in that level of the chain that can influence others, that is where your goodness or lack of goodness come out. And if you take a look at all the corporations and the executives at the top of the corporations, they are they are. They are they are pleasured. They are given a pleasure to maximize profits for the least who work. That is a definition of most executives. Maximize the profit for the shareholders and their bonuses, which means taking away from most of you who are actually doing the work. And what you find, though, on the bottom of the line, these guys that worked with me with the tires, they are the ones represent. they're, they're working under the company, and they're there saying, how can I best help? How can I be a good to you? Even though I'm on commission, I see that you need a helping hand, and I'm there for you. You go ahead and you see uh, the guys who did the ventilators for all the people that are dying of COVID. 
They were in for it for how can I best turn that $1,500 ventilator into a ten dollars or $20,000 ventilator. You see? That is the difference, folks. And what our business schools teach people as they teach them the utmost unfettered capitalism is how to best make a profit without telling them the second part of that equation. The, the way that you are so, so, so much able to make maximal growth is at the expense. It's at the expense of those, the least, who can afford it. And if, if business schools were teaching the right kind of business, free enterprise with humanity, think about where we would be. And what the, guy, what the people on the right don't get, and I'm not talking about the average person on the right because they just don't know. I'm talking about the leaders of the right as well as the leaders of the left who are the elites that want to keep the same capitalist system that grabs the holy flesh and blood out of most Americans. When are we going to insert the humanity? When are we going to insert that which makes the average person whole? Why is it that we could give a $1.5 trillion to business as soon as Donald Trump came into office with deficit spending? And now that we have food lines, and now that we have people out of work, and now that we have all of that, we can't do Deficit spending with almost zero interest to help everybody out. We talk about hazard, moral hazard. What was the moral hazard to the corporations again? Let's, let's remember this, folks. But anyhow, let me show the next video. The next video is MSNBC Hallie Jackson destroys Trump-enabling Senator Kevin Kramer for his election charade. He continued to deny Joe Biden his president-elect title check this out and then we'll take it on the other side trump sycophant and enabler senator kevin kramer he appeared with hallie jackson on msnbc today and you know what i don't think he expected to get the pushback that she gave him she was right on point i want you to check this out because she made she made all of us proud in the way she handled uh, this guy check this out you said one of the two gentlemen will get sworn in. It's going to be President-elect Biden. Do you acknowledge or do you hesitate to acknowledge that Biden has won the presidency? Well, as, as I've said many times, I think that's likely. I mean, you'd always rather be the person ahead when you're facing the headwinds of legal challenges, and, and regardless of how meritorious they may or may not be. And so we need to restore trust in the system, but trust in itself is not the I don't know. How, do you say, how can you say that, though, Senator? I, I do what? I do wonder about that, and I do wonder about your view of the long-term impact on this. The president is spreading widespread conspiracy theories about fraud that does not exist. That, I imagine, is sowing distrust. We're seeing it in the numbers already, and, it, and I do think it's from the president. These are people, his millions of followers, his millions of supporters who are listening to him. Does the president not have an incumbency, an onus on him to tell the truth and to say the facts as they exist as a leader in this country? And don't you? Well, first of all, Allie, we haven't seen all of the evidence, and that is part of the problem. And for the last four years, we've been dealing with uh, a Democratic Party and a lot of national media that's sown a lot of distrust in the last election and, and the legitimacy of this president. 
I wanted to ask what you're waiting for here, Senator. You seem to have made that clear for these legal fights to play out, but I have to take some exception. These legal fights aren't playing out in, in the media court of public opinion, right? They're playing out in actual courts, and judges are dismissing by a large margin these cases. Some two-thirds of these cases that have been brought by the president or his Republican allies, as you know, have basically been denied, dismissed, settled, withdrawn. There has been no evidence, no proof, no anything of the kind of widespread <clears throat> fraud that the president, even as we were coming on the air, Senator, is still talking about and still pushing. What are you waiting sure. for to stand up and say, this isn't true, this is not okay, we need to move on? Sure. I think one of the things that has to happen, Hallie, is that the president's legal team themselves have to bring the cases on the part of the president. Many of the cases you're talking about, you referred to as allies. Right, let me just interrupt you here, because the Pennsylvania one was the president's case, and that just got That's dismissed right. by a federal judge, because as well, he called well, it, it's a Frankenstein's monster of bad <laughs> arguments, and the appeal sure. was riddled with errors as it moves forward, very unlikely to make it to the next level. Well, and, and the great point, because that's the one where the president did bring it, the judge did rule against him, but it also opens the door for the appropriate appeal. I have to ask, at what point, Senator, do you feel like you are then continuing to spread this misinformation and deny the reality of what's in front of us? Are you waiting for that December 8th safe harbor deadline? What What is the holdup here in acknowledging this? And I have to wonder, is some of it because you're concerned about angering President Trump, who, as I know, you are close with? I like him a lot. I'm grateful that he's the president. I wish he, and I hope he can be president for four more years, Hallie. But I want to just throw this back a little bit because we have a whole bunch of wild rhetoric well, that are fanning the flames of discontent coming from especially your network. I, I disagree with that respectfully, Senator, because I think the question that I, I still, and I don't mean to press this point because I actually have other questions to get sure. to you on and we're almost out of time here. Sure. It's, it's the point that I want to get to you on. If the president continues to invalidate this election moving forward, which he has sought to do, he has sought to just factually on an objective basis, raise questions about the legitimacy of the election that are unproven, unfounded, and dangerous to this democracy. That is just an objective statement here. What's to say well, then that the distrust that he's sowing is not going to affect, for example, your re-election, your victory moving forward? How do you expect voters to believe that you've won if they don't believe now based on what the president's saying. Well, let me tell you what Republican voters aren't doing. They're not smashing windows. They're not burning cars. They're not beating up um, Democrats coming out of Joe Biden events. Well, this is, and that's uh, this what is we taking us in a very election. different direction, Senator, because that's not happening based on the results of this election. I wonder if you guys ever questioned the legitimacy of the Mueller investigation that had no evidence or the impeachment that had no evidence. Well, or, I think or, this is taken. This is a this is a left hand turn. Senator, I, I think it's clear that you've made your point clear and have, have not acknowledged, of course, the incoming president. She was so respectful in the way she rolled him. So respectful in rolling him and make him look to the audience as the sycophant that he is. She just told it like it is. Donald Trump has all these things. He's, he's messing with our democracy. But you know what? It's clear, Senator, that you don't care. I, if, if we continue to press these uh, sycophants and these enablers in that manner, I think we will actually not only move the country forward, but change some of the views of the, the people who are following Trump himself. Because what happened in the past is there was very little pushback. They would allow these guys to go on and on and on without presenting the facts to force them into answering the pertinent question. Ada Jackson, great job. We, yes, she did a she did a great job. Hallie uh, uh, Jackson, uh, I am I am sort of um, I mean this isn't the first time that I've gotten some clips of her doing something like that. She has no fear, no fear whatsoever. And again, she was very respectful, unlike what Don, uh, Daniel Ledo is saying. It, it just shows you that 
uh, you know, folks can decide to say things however they want. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit of stimulus here before we go into the other. Um, before we go into the other piece here, okay? I came across this article that uh, I couldn't agree with more because. Um, but you know, you really need you, you really need to get get the picture of of what's going on here. And and the title of the article was uh, from uh, Common Dreams: Go Big and Stay Big. Economists call for three trillion COVID relief package to stop nation's descent into ruin. The Senate's failure, the Senate's failure to provide crucial relief and recovery aid has left families without a lifeline and will severely damage prospects for recovery. But you know, there's something worse that um, this particular article didn't tackle, but I want to say it before I forget it, before it leaves my mind. And that is the following. Every time we've had a recession, that group that's been on the edge of growing up, insert in, in the in the 2008 recession, it was those who were becoming uh, the millennials, right? And now we have another group that are going to be impacted by a recession, a, a severe recession that's going to affect all of those up and coming folks without jobs. And who's there for them? And why, you know, we we bear the brunt of why this recession is going to be necessarily hard, or I should say depression, on them. Unlike, let's say, in England or France and all of that, where they have a strong safety, safe, safety net without the kind of unemployment that we have. And that is simply because, uh, like I said, since we are the bastion of capitalism, and given that capitalism has no heart, remember, capitalism is not wrong if used as a tool, Right? Uh, capitalism can be one of the tools in free enterprise, right? Just like uh, a good social safety net is also a tool in free enterprise. In other words, we want everybody to be able to do whatever they want to do. You want to create a bakery, you want to do all, do all of that on your own. But we have a social construct. That co- social construct says uh, healthcare is a right. And as such... Our businesses and our model circles around that reality so that if you get a stroke like my daughter did at a young age, it doesn't mean the end of your future, your future financial success. So that if you're unlucky to get hit by a car who doesn't have insurance, that you are not forever maimed. There are a lot of reasons why we should separate social constructs from capitalist constructs. Free enterprise allows them all. Where we need social constructs, we have those. Where we need to have that type of a construct that capitalism is good for, that dog-eat-dog kind of a world when it comes to, you know, if I want to create a cell phone and you want to create a cell phone, uh, if my cell phone is better than yours and I have a better marketing budget than you do, I can I can I can put that out. Who cares if if who cares what happens? Nobody's lives depends on it. But brother, what we have here an adulterated uh, capitalism where we want to make everything a product, your healthcare a product. No, no, no. That kills. That is inhumane, and we need to learn that. Anyhow, this is what the article said: to forestall the nation's ongoing plunge into financial devastation as some crucial relief programs expire and others are recklessly terminated by the Trump administration. Economists are calling for a three trillion dollar debt finance uh, debt uh, financed 
coronavirus stimulus package that includes enhanced unemployment benefits, robust fiscal aid to states and local governments, nutrition assistance, and other safety net expansions. You have to ask yourself a question. Why would Republicans not want state budget help? Uh, you know, why would Alabama, Louisiana, North Dakota, South Dakota, all those places that are, that are in dire straits fiscally, why wouldn't they want support? They do want support. They do want support. But the problem again is ideology. Ideology. These guys are willing to use their ideology to, 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 to make sure that this doesn't go through in as much as the states need it. In a detailed memo released Tuesday morning amid a backdrop of surging hunger, Take a look at the lines we had in California, the lines we've had in Texas, and all these places. Thousands of people lining up for food. Amid a backdrop of surging hunger, a looming eviction crisis, and an intensifying pandemic that has taken more than 250,000 lives in the U.S. Economic Policy Institute, researcher, director Josh Bivens implores Congress to use debt, go big, and stay big, and be very slow when turning, fiscal, turning off the fiscal support. It is so important. Pointing to the federal def the government's timid response to the financial collapse of 2008-2009 as a cautionary tale, Bivens argued that roughly $3 trillion in debt finance fiscal support now, with the first $2 trillion hitting the economy uh, between now and 2022, is necessary to avoid another crushingly slow recovery and ensure a return to a high-pressure, low-unemployment labor market by mid-2022. Notice they mention the 2008 Obama stimulus. Uh, the, two, the 2008 Obama stimulus was ridiculously low. It was horrendous in that you could not recover the economy with the devastation created by the, by the upper class. The upper class crashed the economy. They try to make it seem like, oh, people with mortgages that they couldn't pay. People took out mortgages they couldn't afford. That, you know, it's always blame the little man. Remember earlier I was talking about price and power. The only people with price and power aren't the little man. You offer the little man a good deal that he doesn't understand to get a house that he never thought he could afford. What do you think he's going to do? He's going to get that home. A lot of people did that. A lot of people couldn't afford it. But guess who also did that? I have friends who went ahead and bought homes. They knew they never intended to pay back. But they knew they could turn it around and pull a lot of money out of that home. Throw that home onto somebody else and walk away with money. It was, another, it was a legal way to, clean, to get clean money out of the ethos. I have friends who did that. They just call it a real estate deal. It's capitalism, right? They were following the rules. Even though many times they got an inflated price on the home so they could extract that money out of the home knowing that that house could never be resold for that value. It's capitalism, right? So let's, 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 let's remember this. All this moral hazard crap about the reason why we're not going to do that it's because somehow it'll encourage people not to work. It'll encourage people to do the bad things. No, our current economic system encouraged those on the top to screw you all by creating financial instruments that you're going to use. And you know what they even did? I want to give you guys a little 
caveat, I'm going to back out of this article because I want to get on my capitalist friends a bit here. And I want you to understand this. So everybody listening here, take out your pens and pens. No, not really, but I want you to understand what happened here. Earlier on in our system, in, in, in before the 2008 crash, they wanted to make money heads and foot, right? So what they did, they got a lot of people who couldn't afford homes to buy homes. Initial very low interest rates, balloon payments at the end, or they had to refinance. So they got a lot of people into the home with where they were only paying interest on 3%, so they could buy a lot of house and pay very little. These guys knew those debts were bad debts. They looked like good debts in the beginning when the people were paying their mortgage, which was going to explode in five years. They know it was a good bet to make for those five years, right? But what they did is they went ahead and insured that paper. And, when, and the way they did that was an interesting way. They were called credit default swaps. They created a lot of derivatives. And these derivatives did the following. They took good loans, split it up with medium loans, with other loans that were not very good, and created yet another financial instrument. So this financial instrument here comprised a piece of that bad loan, a piece of that mediocre loan, a piece of that great loan, and then they gave that some sort of a, a rating, a good rating. It, 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 wasn't, it was a rating above junk bonds so they could sell it. They could sell it. You have to understand, all of these were false monetary structures created by the elite, created by those people. And guess what they did next, right? Everybody needs insurance to make sure they don't go under, right? So insurance company A would insure all those bonds for this companies in case it all defaulted, they'll not lose all their shirt. Insurance company B would then, uh, A would then buy insurance from B. Insurance company B would buy insurance from insurance company C. And then insurance company C would buy insurance from insurance company A. So in effect, insurance company A was many times insuring itself. So therefore, if insurance company A faltered, right? Then they go to B, B falters, he goes to C, C falters, C goes to D, D falters, D goes back to A. A ain't got any money because A is waiting for B to pay him, B is waiting for C to pay him, C is waiting for D, and it collapsed. It's called the house of cards. It wasn't the poor people who figured out those instruments. It wasn't the poor people. It was those supposed financial geniuses who know very little MBA means nothing. It just means we find a way to make some money in capitalism. And when the system crashes, you, the people at the bottom, you pay the price. And they get a $1.5 trillion, or in that case, they got a several trillion dollar bailout. And you never get the money. And when you need, uh, when you need to recover from the crash that they created, when you need help, because they created an economic system that failed, they tell you, mm -mm, can't do that. We can't tax the rich to take care of you when the rich took all that you had. They took it from you. They stole it from you. Legally. And when they're asked to make the people at the bottom hole who had nothing to do with the destruction of the economy. They just wanted to go to work, pay their bills. That's all they wanted. Even with the coronavirus, all they want 
is to pay their bills. The coronavirus, they want to say, uh, well, there's this stuff. Okay, all, they, they, they want you to, in the case of Trump and those guys, they don't want you to stay home. They want you to go to work. You got to go to work. You got to go to work. Because if you don't go to work, what's going to happen is the system is going to collapse and people are not working. Of course, the rich guy that's sitting on his pool getting the money from the, from the, uh, from the stock market in the company that you work for, he doesn't take the risk with his life. But he pays less taxes than you do. He pays less taxes than you do. And guess what he says? Well, the reason he pays less taxes, the reason why uh, the taxes on, on investment is more is that we want them to invest and he's risking his money. You are risking your life. You are risking your life. They don't care. They don't care. You are risking your life and you are fe- you're supposed to feel tax and, tax and spend is something wrong, you know? I, I, I tell you what we have to do, people. We have to get away from uh, being the guardians of the gate for the wealthy. Because they look at us and they laugh. Look at those idiots helping us take money away from them. And, you know, I lived it. I know it. I'm, I, what I'm saying is real. You know? These people don't care about you. It's simply about the dollar. So when they go ahead and say, well, if, uh, if we increase taxes, these companies are just going to move somewhere else. Move to where? Are they going to go to China? Hell no. Are they going to go to Russia? Hell no. Are they going to go to Costa Rica? Hell no. Are they going to go to Ireland? Hell no. Because you know what? It all is one unity. And the only country that will protect capitalism at all costs, including with their big, bad navy and army, is the United States. That's the only one that's going to protect you. The United States. So they have nowhere to go. So when they say, we can't tax them or we can't do this to to make life better for everybody else because they'll leave and go overseas, they have no place to go. Because even if they try to go overseas, they're still going to be dependent on the good old USA to help them out to somehow save their butts. Big stimulus is what's needed going forward. I read the article. I'm going to put the article, the, the link to the article. And the article also has a link to the actual report. That's the link to the article that I've just added to the thing because I'm running out of time now. Uh, before we get busy, I just want to ask those of you that are, in fa- that are on YouTube, please go ahead and click either the join button to become a part of our posse. We do a lot of stuff here. We, we have good talk. We educate. We, in- we enlighten each other on this program. Become a part of Posse. Go ahead and click join. Please become a member. Click on join. If you are not on YouTube, you can still become a you can still become a YouTube um, part of our YouTube Posse by just going to politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Politicsunright.com slash YouTube. Join us. It's only a dollar ninety-nine. And that's it. That is how you buying less than a cup of coffee for your Yours truly and all this equipment that we have here to do what we do, to cut the videos, all that good stuff. So please consider joining us. Click that join button. Become a part of our Politics Unright Posse. And if you're not, if you're currently elsewhere, go to politicsunright.com slash YouTube. And that way you can as well be a part of our posse. As Bridge MCP says, Da Pasi. Thank you for sharing the link as well, 
uh, Mike uh, Rodnin. And that book that you see on the screen now, I'm about to put on the screen, it's worth it. Uh, how to talk to your, uh, your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Here's the link on Amazon to get it and put in that there right now. Uh, that is how you can go ahead and get that book at Amazon. But here's a kicker. If you want to eliminate the middleman and you want a bumper sticker and you want a, me to send you a signed copy of the book, you can also go ahead and order the book directly from our store. Our store, which is at politicsdoneright.com store. If you're on YouTube, you can also help us out by clicking that dollar sign and saying, I want to give you a super chat. Help out keeping the message out there. That is what we do. Uh, that is what we do here. And of course, we always like our patrons. Uh, that is politicsdoneright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Politicsdoneright.com slash patron. And everybody in our domain takes PayPal. So that's politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Yes, Daniel Ledo, I want, I want you to buy my book. I want you to buy my book. You should buy the book too, Daniel, because you could actually learn quite a bit uh, from the book itself. Anyhow, uh, folks, let me, let me just tell you, since Daniel Ledo, he's, he's, anytime I go ahead and I give my little rancor about trying to uh, raise our capital for this particular show, he gives us a hard time. I doubt he does that with Fox News or any one of them that are getting millions of dollars from their advertising, but that is okay. We know, we know what the haters look like. Anyhow, I am going to go now and give you the, the video that, that I did. I was, I was on improv here in Houston, and I thought it came out pretty nice, and I love these guys. So check this out, and then we'll close out the show with me looking into uh, some of your messages as quick as I can. So here we go, my brothers and sisters. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of having um, uh, tough conversations, I wanted to ask you, Egberto, about your book. It's worth it. Um, could you tell us a little bit about you know what it's about and what inspired it? Okay, sure. Um, a, a while back, I uh, I was I was really a wild left wing progressive liberal, whatever you call it, that take that took no prisoners. In other words, the right was simply wrong. Right and and all that kind of stuff and as you got old as you get older you kind of realize that things aren't uh, you know being right is not enough being right and is not enough so I joined an organization after seeing this young woman uh, called Coffee Party USA and what we were we were an, an organization that tried to get people of different political persuasions to work together not asking anybody to give up their particular ideology but simply to have the conversation. And my theory is, uh, usually, if you can have the conversation, uh, the, the best ideas actually r runs itself to the top. And as all of us know, the best ideas are progressive. So that's what usually runs <laughs> ultimately, right? So I joined, I joined the organization, and I kept on doing what I did. But you know, it also taught me how to talk to other people, and it also lent itself to me being able to reach a new audience altogether. And um, since things were so bad, I've been thinking about writing this book for a long time, and the, the whole idea was uh, how do we uh, how do we put ourselves in a posture to talk to people that completely disagree with you? 
And I want to tell you a, a little story using the Medicare for All uh, thing. I was sitting down in Starbucks. I used to work at Starbucks, do all my vlogging at Starbucks. There are times I'd be 10 hours at Starbucks. Wow. And this woman comes in, um, a nice white lady comes in and she sits next to me and she says, I see you here all the time. What do you do? And I'm like, ah, well, I write a lot of blogs and that sort of stuff. She said, oh, but I never told her I was a progressive. Living in Kingwood, she probably think I'm one of these black Republicans out here. So I said, um, so we started talking as she was talking about healthcare and I started telling her about healthcare and how I, uh, how it should work. And we had a good conversation. I'm telling her about why I think uh, if, if there was one, one, one insurance company paying in and paying the bills and all of that. In effect, what I did was described Medicare for all in terms that she could understand. I didn't say the government was the single payer. I just said an insurance company, in my case, <laughs> company that is the government would be the single payer. I, 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 and I meant she ate everything. She was ready to go. In my mind, I'm like, I sure hope you don't tell your husband about this conversation because he's going to see exactly what it is. So I, after a while, I got, you know, I kind of felt bad because I said, hey, I just want to let you know that I am likely the most liberal person you have ever spoken to in your life. And I am, you know, I told him I'm a democratic socialist and that these are, these are the things that I believe in. She looked me straight in the eye. She turned red like a cherry. And she said, but you're so nice. <laughs> wow. And I looked at her and I wow. said, I said, you see, ma'am, we're all nice. The caricature that you see on TV is not what we're all about. We're all trying to find the same things. And like you see, you actually liked what we're talking about. And, she, you know, at, at first, you, you know, after the shock left, she just, you know, she she just had that stare in her eyes, like wow, you know. And then she, you know, she, when she's leaving, she was like, "Great having the conversation or whatever." I hope to see you here more often so we can talk about these things. So I mean, uh, the the kind of stuff that I talk about in the book really works. But what I kind of catered it with as well is not only how to talk to these people, but to make sure that progressives uh, have the talking points. So mm -hmm. a lot of this book has the talking points on Medicare for all, what the Green New Deal and and all these different things in, 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 in a language that people can see. It's not only terms. Why is it that an economy doesn't work? Why is it that these things are supposed to work the way they do? And I think that that was the, you know, that was kind of where we're coming from when we wrote the book. Awesome. What's your goal? Like if you, if, if you say, okay, this is my life, my life path this is this is um you know this is where i'm going to be what's your goal like do you have like a certain percentage of people that you'd like to kind of change the way they think do you want it are you happy if just one person does it what what if you if you could have the perfect scenario the perfect right. ending what what's what's the goal from thirty thousand feet i want to change the world right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now on the individual basis i love what you just said I believe in doing it one person at a time. And I think if all of us do things one person at a time, because what happens is the other day I was talking to somebody and they said, what do you do? And I said, the first thing I do is try to get them to like me because if they like me first, they'll listen to me, right? They'll disagree with me, but they'll at least, I'll at least have the audience if they, if, if, the, if they're, if they don't have that wall initially up, you know, uh, what I tell people is the biggest, you know, um, the worst thing I think a black person uh, hates 
is when a white person tells them you are not like the others. Mm -hmm. The best thing a black person likes to hear is that uh, that they when they're talking to you, they don't uh, they, they don't talk to you as a black man, but they talk to you as a man. So there, there are two two distinctions, right? One is uh, like, like I remember one time I was out there, you know, because at Starbucks, this this particular Starbucks, a whole lot of folks like to come and have conversation. And if you want, I don't get upset often, but the one time you get up, when I get upset, it's when you're like, oh, but you're not like the others. And I'm like, BS, that's, that is like, that is like uh, calling me a reverse N or something like that, right? So no, yeah. that's not a starting point. <clears throat> yeah. That's because that is an excuse for you to have a conversation with mm. me. In other words, you wouldn't otherwise have had a conversation with a black person, but because I have given you honorary whitehood or honorary something else, I feel okay to talk to you or to give you some, you know, that, that is the excuse most racists use, right? Uh, you are, and the bad thing about it is too many of us fall into that, that sphere where they think that is somehow a compliment. Mm-hmm. It's a passive aggressive, you know, right. Being, you yep. know, it's, it's a form of aggression, you know. Um, it's not meant to build you up or build the relationship. It's, like you said, it's meant to kind of have this, you know, disconnectedness um, with what you represent, right, and, and your identity. And you're right, it is terrible to have. Um, what do you look like when you get angry? You seem like you're very easy going. <laughs> Oh, I, I, you know, you know, I, I can get angry. I, I, I can get angry, but you know, again, being doing video, radio, and all of that, the one promise I made is that I would, you would, you would rarely ever, ever see me. Uh, I have full control of my faculty. Well, ninety nine point nine percent of the times I have full control of my faculties, but after that, you know, there's, uh, the, you get at my daughter, you're in trouble, man. <laughs> we cut to we cut to a, a a bus driving down the road, a long lonesome road. Uh, and and Amici, I gotta say, you know, sitting here on this bus for the last ten hours chatting with you has been great. It's been great. I have, I've been loving every second of it. Um, it's really great meeting you. Uh, I have a bit of a confession that okay. I want to get out. Um, I. I probably should have said this sooner, but if I take this hat off, you'll see that I'm actually a human-sized alligator, and I just didn't want to freak you out. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm You're actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm wearing I'm wearing clothes, right? I got the shirt on, but if you if you look at my hand a little closely, you'll see it's actually a claw. Oh my god! Um, I had yeah, yeah, and I have you know the hat was obscuring it but i have a really long mouth that you know could, <laughs> could crush bone if i you know oh. really wanted to yeah. Um, but yeah yeah i'm still the same alligator i'm still the same guy that we've been chatting with the whole time you know wow. i have my views on on you know friends and <laughs> which Chappelle special is the best one uh-huh mm -hmm. so i just it, are you, is that okay with you are you good with that um yeah it's, it's just you know, you don't like the other alligators I've met in my life. Um, what's, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, I feel, like, I feel like, you know, this is, this is kind of why I do what I do, because the news portray us as, as monsters and animals out there in the swamp trying to steal babies. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. 
<laughs> I'm saving up to buy a house right now. It's really hard to get a loan as an alligator. Sure. Sure. I'm just saying from my own personal experience, uh-huh. the other alligator that I've met, um, one took my left hand, and you know that's kind of colored my experience and, and thoughts about. So you had uh, one bad experience with one alligator, <laughs> and now yeah. all of a sudden you have a view on all the alligators. Don't you think it's a little? Don't you, don't you think you're kind of being a little prejudiced right now? I mean, it, it was a, a really big moment in my life, you know. We cut to the alligator at home with his wife. See, that's what I'm talking about. You always want to put on human clothes and try to engage humans. You want to talk to them, see how they think, you know, thinking if you could just change one human at a time. One human at a time. They're going to be different with us. Well, they're not. I've been trying to tell you, Antoine, we're alligators. We eat humans. That's okay. We don't. That's what the news says about us. That's what the news says. We're carnivores just like them. There's nothing wrong with eating humans. That's what we have done. That is who we are. Let me take my human clothes off before you start saying this stuff. Uh, see, that's what I knew. I knew <laughs> when I bought those. A rock crashed through the window with another oh, one. So get out of here, Gator. You see? You see this? You see? Look, yeah, yeah. I see. I see. They're not ready. They're not ready. They're not getting the message. And you're going to change them by wearing human clothes? I say we just go out there and chomp, chomp, chomp them down. Ain't nothing else they can do. If we run fast enough, we get about 30 miles an hour. If we get them fast enough, there's nothing they can do. And if enough of us are doing it, what can't the alligators take over? That's what I'm trying to avoid. I want to be peaceful here. I want to be the nicest alligator they've ever met. Where's, I want to, I, where's the, the the fighting alligator man I married? You've gotten that older. Was that, kids, college. That's right, that was back in college. That was back in alligator you just, college. You just want to be all nice with them and talk to them and write books about it. It's not. I don't know. What? You, what? What don't you know? What? I'm still the same alligator. I'm just going about it a different way. I'm trying to speak their language. The way we're doing it is we're just going to butt heads. We, we cut to Amitri's house. Hey, man, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for coming to my, to my birthday party. I really appreciate it. Yeah, um, I appreciate it. So the invite surprised me. Okay. Hey, everybody, my, my alligator friend is here now. What? Uh, whoa, whoa. what? You got whoa. an alligator friend? Yeah. Hold on. yeah, I do. He didn't bite you or nothing? No, he's very articulate. He, he's, he's very, very, very articulate. Friend. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. You don't have to introduce me as your alligator friend, all right? I'm just another being that we can speak with. We can all be friends. It's not, it doesn't matter that I'm an alligator, all right? Oh, I'm not Amici, particularly Amici. articulate for an alligator. Amici, is this one of your projects? You always like working on some new thing every year. You go rescue a cat and you want to you know, bring it into the White House. Is this one of those things? Because I'm tired of it, honestly. I mean, it kind of is. Remember, I lost a hand to an alligator. I'm trying to get over that fear. You know, that's what I'm trying to face this year. You never get over that fear. I mean, look at him. Look at his, look look, his mouth. Look at his, look at his bone structure. I mean, my bone structure. Does He's anyone want to discuss what Chappelle <laughs> specialist like has no. right now? Amici, it's okay. I had, I, I had an alligator friend once, mm-hmm. a long, long time ago, back in college. It's really nice. He didn't bite anybody. As a matter of fact, he had all of his his teeth removed. He had his snout cut down. Um, uh, you know, he went on to marry a regular human woman, and 
everything was fine with him. So you keep doing what you're doing. I like your project. Yeah, thank you. I don't think I don't think alligators need to have conversion surgery. I think that we're fine the way we are, and that as long as we can all appreciate what we bring to the table, maybe a, we can. Hold on, I think he's getting table, a little angry. Yeah, speaking he's of table, a little angry, don't you feel? Uh, uh, what are you going to eat tonight today at this birthday party? I mean, I don't think alligators eat birthday cake. We can, we can, we can eat. Birthday cake, we eat chips. We got there's a little uh uh cututerie cut board. What's this? How do you pronounce it? Cututerie. Oh, yes, we would, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's yeah. one. I actually yeah. got something special for you. There's a couple of live chickens in that crate over there um, that I got just for you. And I know I'm gone, I'm out of here, I'm out of here. I'm going <laughs> to the bus. Love that stuff. and scene. Oh, <laughs> scene. Ends it on you people. Good god. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. One. I like that. <laughs> it's worth it. I just picture he had on like that trench coat, like uh, Raphael had in the Ninja Turtles. He was walking around New York with the the, the hat and the trench coat. It's like a really Everybody, high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in New I York, pictured, just like, I pictured him in a button down with a tie kind of loosened about the neck. He <laughs> <laughs> just got off of yeah. work. Like he, yeah, got off work. <laughs> he wanted to be relaxed. He wanted to be relaxed. I must admit, I had fun with those guys. Uh, it, it That was only one section of the book that they kind of did that out of. Oh, different, right? But we also did it, uh, they also did it, I think, for a couple other passages in the book. And I couldn't find, find a clip for it, but it was great with those guys. Anyhow, we are at 54, so let me go ahead and start uh, hitting up you guys. Let's see. Check and see how long it took Cambodia to have a real government. Oh, I, let me get to, I think there's one that I saw that I uh, really wish Egberto would do something to stop Daniel Vitriol. You know what? Um, he gets his kicks out of doing that, and he gets his kicks out of your reaction. You know, I don't block anybody. So, and, you know, uh, believe it or not, he's here for something, okay? I, I want everybody to realize that everybody that comes here, and when I go other places, not that just people come here, I go to other places, other places that I don't particularly have a, a, an affinity with, and I do learn from other places as well. So I welcome everybody to come and listen to the conversation. Daniel Ledo may think that none of this matters to him or that some of us lefties are crazy, but we have a lot of righties in here as well. Uh, let me see. Uh, let me go ahead. Uh, Nanette Bird says, okay, thank you, Nanette. Um, <laughs> griefing and trolling gets them off <laughs> I hear you Rodnin uh, Bruce says uh, Not an alligator, a crocodile uh, Let's see um, Much later, uh, Christine says much later It was that they could not make government uh, If they would Don't quite get it, I'll read that later Alright, let's see if there's anything I need to answer Real quick, Norman Reynolds, how you doing My brother, great to see you here You know what, I didn't go through and welcome Everybody, so here we go with the list it's a big list, so I'm going to go through fast. Welcome aboard, Michael Rudnin, Bridge MCP, Bruce Pollard, You Ain't Black, Julie Henderson. Um, uh, let's see, coming down, coming down, coming down. Uh, Julie Henderson, Bruce, I got Bruce already. 
Uh, Daniel Lado coming down, coming down, coming down. I saw quite a bit more. Tony Owen, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see, coming down, coming down, coming down, coming down. They got Julie. My eyes is going blank. Christine Park, welcome. Uh, Kay, coming down. I think I got th- that one already. I got that one already. Norman Reynolds, I got you already. Uh, Dakota, welcome aboard. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is on the line. Who else is chatting? These people that are calling out are the folks who are chatting. That are chatting. Oh, wow. I have also from Twitch. Who is using my name on Twitch? E. Willie's on Twitch. Somebody stole my name on Twitch. I don't know why he stole my name on Twitch. Okay, coming down. Uh, let's see. And, and you stole my name on Periscope as well. Okay, keep it up. Keep it up. All right, let's see. I'm almost done here, I believe. Uh, let's see. I'm, uh, AVQ, got you. John Cotter, and thank you for buying the book, John. And folks on, on YouTube, don't forget, you can hit that join button to become a part. Christine Park, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Who else is here coming down? If you want me to call you out, put your name underneath, and I'll get it at the end of the message stream. Nanette Bird, I got you. And Rudnan, I got you. Anyhow, folks, don't forget... If you want to go ahead and get a copy of the book, you can get it at Amazon. At Amazon, here it is. That's the link on Amazon. I just placed it there. But if you want me to uh, autograph the book as well as give you a bumper sticker and maybe other goodies if I have in-house, go to politicsdoneright.com slash store. If you are not on YouTube but you'd like to become a part of our YouTube posse, go ahead and say politics right. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Anyhow, folks, I know you have places that you could go. I know there are a lot of other places doing what we're doing. I'm just honored that you are here with us. You know, we believe in the things that we talk about. Uh, You know, we believe that we are going to change the world. And when I say we, I'm talking about all of us that are a member of our posse. We are going to do our part, not only as we communicate here, but as we share around the, our own our own sphere of influence every single person that is listening to me have an overlapping sphere of influence that can expand and bring more in and each person that you bring in if you encourage them to share as well they have their own sphere of influence and that gives us what's known as geometric progression in reaching people. We reach that, that many more people. So while we don't have the budgets of MSNBC, and while I have to ask you guys, hey, become a member for $1.99 or $4.99 or $9.99 or whatever you want to give, MSNBC can just say, one advertising for Viagra, $300,000. Um, but you know what? We are closer to you. This is your show. Thank you for setting the alarm just before the show, Michael. I love you, man. I love you. Um, remember that. So this show is yours. You're close to the show. Linda E., I still got a chance to call your name, Linda. Um, it is your show, and I really, really mean that. You guys have seen how you have actually changed the direction of any particular show that I have. You can't have that influence on MSNBC or anywhere else. You've gotten me to go ahead and do some research and come back with answers. That is what we're here for, to make life easier for everybody, to open the eyes of everybody to the fraud that we've seen throughout this country. And with that, 
My name is Egberto. Da pa oh, you like? Uh, you want me to change the name to Da Pasi Show? That's maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll, I'll I'll give it a second name. The the Da Pasi Show. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Bridge. I like that. Anyway, my name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.